Hello? Hey, John. I can barely hear you, Dan. Oh. It sucks. Uh, I don't know what to do about that. I'm uh, almost clipping. Just between the, just at the top of the orange, hitting, hitting that red. I feel like I'm hearing you through the computer and not through the box. Mm, maybe you can change the uh, output settings uh, for you, your yourself. But that's not, I, I can't control, unfortunately. Seems like, seems like if you're using the input on a box, that it would also choose that output. You would want it, I would want it too, but then again, computers. Yeah, computers. This one said, uh, this one said that I had blocked it. Yeah. <laughs> and it said, uh, go up to the menu bar and you'll see, um, uh, camera icon, uh-huh. but there was no camera icon. No <laughs> menu bar. No. This has been. I don't know. <clears throat> you're not on Facebook, I'm guessing. No, I have like an account that I use for the websites that force me to use Facebook, but right. it, no, I don't follow anyone. No one knows it's there. It's gone. Right. You know, it's not a. It's that's not a thing. I, co- I don't know if I've told you this, but. A, uh, you know, I don't go there except that there are people that mail me there. A lot of people that actually have my phone number and yeah. address, you know, that know my house. Uh, they still send me messages there. But there are people that I wouldn't hear from other ways. Yeah. So I go there, you know, once every 10 days and, and read my mail. Uh-huh. But um, what, three weeks ago maybe – Facebook said, oh, look, you don't have two-factor authentication. Right. And so for your own safety, we're locking you out of your account. Oh. Until, right. For your, own, for your own safety, you can no longer use our service. Yeah, for your own safety, until you uh, set up two-factor authentication. I'm, and I feel like two-factor authentication is the latest in a long line of security theater measures that... It just makes everybody feel better. But, you know, honestly, take my Facebook account, yeah. Russian bots. Yeah, you don't need that. But so so I go on and I'm like, all right. And they offer me three options. Facebook offers me three options. One of them is to use an outside authenticator service, like Google Authenticator mm, mm-hmm. or some other authenticator. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to download a service. Third, second option is, um, oh, what was the second option? Well, the second option was even more convoluted, but the third option, the normal one, the logical one is uh-huh. they'll send you a text on your phone. Yeah. Right. That's the second factor. Yeah. So I said, go ahead, send me a text on the phone. And they, and Facebook auto loaded my phone number. I'm not sure I ever gave it to them. Right. I was like, all right, there it is. Send me the thing. So they're like, it's on its way, and no number arrived. No authenticating number Nothing arrived. So useful. I did it again. Nothing you could do anything with. Nothing came at all. So I sent it. I, so I did it again. Nothing came. So I did it again, and then they said, you have to wait two minutes. Uh-huh. I did it again. Nothing came. So I bagged out. Week went by. Ten days went by. I tried it again. 
Went through the whole thing again. Yeah. Came to nothing. I I bagged out. So then the third week, this has probably been going on for a month and a half, the more I think about it. Yeah. Third week, Dan, I went in and I tried to get to the bottom of it. And I I went on a journey. It was kind of a Lemmy Winks journey. <laughs> and uh, But it was one where I kept arriving back at the same place. It was one of those circular journeys where it's like, well, you have to go here. Well, you have to do oh, that. Yeah. Well, yes. follow this and go to this and go to that. And the best I can come up with is that at some point I toggled a switch inside of Facebook saying that they couldn't text me things. I did not want to receive messages from Facebook on my phone for obvious reasons. I toggled this, but now I cannot get into Facebook to untoggle it, to let them send me a, a, a message to let them send me the, the code. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels so, in one way, it feels like a 1997 problem. <laughs> like, yeah, a, no, I can first see of all, a year that didn't exist, but second of all, a, uh, a thing where it's like, boy, we haven't worked out this bug. It seems like, aren't there millions of users of this program? Surely I'm not the only you one. You can't be the only one. You can't. It's not possible that you're the only one experiencing this. It's impossible. Isn't there somewhere down in San Jose like a like a warehouse that goes alongside the freeway that that is like forty miles long that is full of twenty five year olds sitting at open plan offices mm-hmm. whose sole job it is to get to the bottom of this <laughs> kind of glitch? Yeah. They're all getting paid two hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. Oh God, I know. But right but by the way, John, that doesn't cover their rent. I know, and they can't afford to buy. Mm. Just FYI, <laughs> like it sounds like a lot of money, but <laughs> they're actually going into debt every year. I'm going to infuriate some people right now by saying, "Have you tried the East Bay? Go oh, look at, oh yeah. the East Bay. Uh-huh. It's, it's inexpensive over there. Yeah, oh yeah, used to be, used to be." Anyway, that's my saga, Dan. Every time I turn on the computer now, you know, I have a, I have a, a laptop from um, mid-2014. And a lot of times with these computer con- consumer devices, I feel like I've gotten, I have not gotten the money out of it. Like, a lot of times you, you buy a thing and it's like, really, that was really expensive. And it only lasted a few years. Yeah. But I'm starting to think I got my money out of this laptop. You know, I would say, yeah, I would say you have. And I, and it's, it's throwing up stuff. It's telling me it wants me to upgrade my OS again. And I know that one more upgrade and I will brick it forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do, you know, it still works for everything I need it to do. Cause I don't, I'm not a gamer, of course. No, I'm not. Like, well, you're mainly, you're, you're doing browsing, you're doing emails. Yeah, a little browsing, a little, a little, little some, recording like this, some podcasting. I uh, I've I have yet to uh, calculate the trajectory of a rocket. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do that work at all. And you know, yeah. you used to be able to do that work on the back of a matchbook cover if you were good. Yeah, at, at math, accurate. And they used to have you know the Speedmaster watch, among others, were <laughs> the space watches that people took up in a space because they could do calculations with uh, like yeah. a, a wristwatch. 
a pencil and a little, you know, or maybe a China, mar- a China pen and a little, you know, something to write on. And that slide, you could calculate how to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere safely. That's incredible. And Steve, Mc, Steve McQueen could, uh, could wear one of those underwater <laughs> in right. a car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but I'm worried that I don't, you know, I'm, like I'm not excited about buying a new consumer product. Uh, but I, but I'm just starting to feel like this thing's throwing up a lot of problems. But is, isn't that kind of interesting when you really think about it? I mean, I certainly feel the same way in that whenever I buy something now, I'm not excited about it. I'm not looking forward to it. I generally speaking, I don't want to spend the money. Whereas even not that long ago, I was always fairly excited and oh, God, I got to go get a new thing. I need to get a new thing. Now, like, I really don't want that new thing. I really don't want it. No, and I think it's because I'm, and I'm going to use some technical jargon now. Okay. I think it's it's because. We've arrived, Dan, at a place where there is no killer app, like for everything. Yeah, for for the whole of it, the entire like the internet has matured. We have a whole generation that grew up with it. We have two generations that have grown up with it. Right. This is this is it. It has arrived. Yes. And when I look at Meta and yeah, virtual okay. reality conferencing. And I look at Elon Musk owning Twitter and yes. I look at the war in Ukraine and all of the drone footage. The only thing I'm excited about is the drone footage. And even that feels a little bit like, I mean, I dreamed, I dreamt uh-huh. of Genie, uh-huh. but I, I'm sure this is true of you too. I could imagine a rocket firing drone that I was looking at. At through a little TV screen on my remote. Yeah. I imagined that in 1980. Yeah. I was so excited about like drone, like backpack drone warfare back so long ago. And now it's arrived and it's, uh, it's even kind of shoddier than I imagined it would be, but it's still great. You know, no, no, uh, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But there's no other thing about the internet that is interesting. We're all used to it. Mm-hmm. It does what it does. Mm-hmm. We go on it. I'm embarrassed to say that I've been lurking on Twitter a lot. What is a lot to you? What does that mean? An hour a day, all day? No, I... A because guy, this, I, are you, you, you left Twitter for a while. For a year. And now you're kind of... Are you kind of back or... No, 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 no. I'm only there to, so the first thing I did when, so a friend sends me these, these links to interesting tweets by Ukraine scholars and army people. And I started sneaking on there to see these, these tweets. There are a lot of, uh, like people are doing long threads, like 40 tweet long threads. Mm-hmm. And they're full of information. Like each one has a link to a mm-hmm. other th- th- tweets and threads and yeah. videos. And, and, um, and I'm getting so much information out of them. And this is all kind of a blind spot. Like I don't, I don't really re- remember, nor did I particularly care about the war in Chechnya. But I know a lot about it now. And 
I'm just very uh, engaged, like like I'm curious, and and it's activating that part of my brain that likes this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not the killing, of course, but the but the statecraft and the history and all this. So I started going, and then immediately, you know, you're on Twitter. It's my place. It's my little Twitter world. I still have forty thousand followers right. there. And I'm following all these people that I used to know. A lot of them I'm I'm estranged from. And so one of the first things I did was stopped following mm-hmm. most of my old friends and started following all these Ukraine accounts. So my Twitter is a very different world now, but Twitter itself will not accept this. Mm. Because I don't know if you've been on it in a long time. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't use Twitter the same way I used to, but I'm definitely on there. Yeah, well, so you know that every third tweet is an ad now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ads are tailored so that you, one in five times, you're like, is that is that a, a friend? Yeah, you know, like you almost click on it because mm-hmm. it's like, oh wow, interesting, you know. Randleman Row cartoons. Oh no, it's not that. It's a somebody that looks like that. So that is always kind of scratching at me, but also it's just the, it's just the world of it, the zone of it. Like I, 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 I do Ukraine stuff. I'm on there for Ukraine stuff. And then I'm just, you know, there are some people that I didn't unfollow that are old friends. And I, and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm lurking and, and I'm reading about Will Smith mm-hmm. and his marriage to Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah. And how a lot of black comedians feel that she doesn't love him. Mm. And the reason that he's freaking out and misbehaving is that he's in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And as I read these things, I, I go, oh, wow, that explains a lot. Will Smith is in an abusive relationship. And then I remember that I don't care at all. About Will Smith or what kind of relationship he has. At all or how, or what anyone else thinks about it. Yeah. And, but I, um, but I'm there so fast. It, 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 I'm, I'm back in so fast to that and to the like feeling as I walk around I should go check in, you know, I should check in and see, see what's waiting for me there. So, so I know about Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether, I yeah, know, whether you want to or not, you, now you know about him. I know about it yeah. and I know about what he's doing and I don't want to, I don't no. want anything to do, do with him. Well, he owns, I mean, uh, he owns Twitter now, really. I know, I know. And he's on the board and he's doing all these things and memes and I realized, like, every person that I know that is still on Twitter at least once a day makes a joke about how miserable they are on Twitter. And it's always the same joke. It's like, oh, my God, can I quit this yet? Like, oh, you know, this this is maybe this is the final straw hmm. link to some dumb thing. Yeah. Maybe this is it. Maybe this will be the thing. Do we, you know, can can we agree that it's all over? Link to some sad thing. 
And I, <laughs> and it just feels like the excitement that you're talking about about buying a new laptop. Yeah, that excitement was always connected to like, and now I can finally make movies. Right. Or now I can finally get Logic Pro, and this is going to be the moment when I make my thing. I can finally, you know, get that new program that requires the new hot thing. But there's nothing like that now. All a new computer would do is get you into this sad, sun-baked environment with, with what? Something slightly faster. Mm-hmm. Like, when's the last time there was a killer app that you were excited about? Never. I mean, I don't have, there's nothing. I don't care about anything right now. Nothing. Well, yeah, and you know, I'm I, in, I'm in this whole podcasting industry thing and there's all these so-called amazing apps that are coming out and, oh, you know, this one does this and this allows you to do, you know, lightning payments so that if you're listening, like, like this is the big proposition, you're listening to a show and yeah. you the person made you laugh on the show and you decided right after they made you laugh, you decided that you loved them and you wanted to toss them (laughs) 10 bucks and you could just hit a button. Boom. 10 bucks. I don't know any, I know a lot of podcasters. I don't know anybody who's either using this service as a listener or receiving money this way. Right. You know, like, like, Oh, I'm going to give him, you know, John, maybe I'm going to give him two bucks, two bucks for John. I bought him a coffee. (laughs) Like, are people doing that? I don't, like, that's like I was watching well, so, a TV show and something was funny, so I, like, hit a button to give the actor money. I'm not doing that. I would never do that. It it feels like you're in a hospital bed and you have a morphine drip. Yeah. And and you have a little button and you're like, except you're not giving more, I mean, you basically are giving morphine to yourself if you're giving somebody a dollar every time they laugh, or you laugh. But that feels like an app that is designed, first of all, A, by a committee in a room. Yeah. And B, of people who have never lived in the world. Yeah. And I think that's a generation that thought that a, a generation for whom it was always possible to become a billionaire mm. simply by, by accidentally building a tool that you know that's basically like a tool that stands in between this person and that person as they conduct their business right, right. i mean there it was always possible for 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 anybody under the age of i don't know what 30 35 to get rich not because they built a factory and not because they designed a a, a new carburetor but just because they got a kind of they they either did an Angry Birds, right? It was like oh, you get the you have the little thing and it's got a face and you and it and you and it flies and it hits another thing. Woo! <laughs> I'm worth one billion dollars, or some other thing. You know the the I always think about the kid that that spray painted the wall at the office at Facebook and they paid him in stock instead <laughs> of money, right? And he's worth $200 million or something. And he doesn't want to talk about it. Everybody wants to interview this guy like, hey, you're just a guy with a, with a spray can. You're worth hundreds of millions. You know, like, tell us about it. And he's like, no, thanks. I just yeah. want to, I'm out. The one guy that, that, had, that had any sense in the whole thing. He didn't try and turn that money into more money. He just was like, got on his skateboard and got out. Yeah. But if you're, 
if you grew up thinking that it was normal and that maybe you even knew somebody who like you knew a bunch of people in the early days that ended up being billionaires or hundred plus millionaires. Yeah, I, from, I hate them all now, but yes. Uh huh. But they, I mean, how much they actually built versus how much they just had an idea that was in its moment. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much work Jack Dorsey did. I have zero idea how much work Jack Dorsey did. And I'll tell how, you what, he, as far as I'm concerned, he didn't do much. Well, and was he a genius or were you, were there just a bunch of guys sitting around like, I know here's one, you know, and that's, I don't, I, I can't look back to 1901 and say for sure that there weren't a whole bunch of people in 1901 that became rich just because of some dumb thing. Yeah. But it, but it seems, it seems more than that it was based in, in, it was an industrial process. We had, you had to actually make something to sell, you know, and that was hard and it required that you hire people and whatnot. I mean, I mean, obviously Jack Dorsey hired some people that did, com <laughs> that did computer maths, uh -huh. right? Computer maths, which, which shouldn't even really require a high school degree. Mm -hmm. But Jack Dorsey now walks around, you know, like in a in a monk's robe. Yeah, but but it's also a hoodie. Weirdly, yeah, weirdly, he's per he's perceived to be a god. I think weird, weird by himself. Weirdly, not cool. You know, weirdly didn't do anything cool with it. Or as far as I know, I mean, he might have a house on Lake Cuomo and he's up there throwing uh, discos, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't get that feeling from any of those guys. Yeah. Not that that's what you do. All those guys in 1901, they built gigantic houses in Connecticut, which seems even dumber. It seems even dumber than living in Palo Alto. Yeah. But I feel like that thing that you're describing, hey, you know, the real, the next wave in podcasting is that everybody, that we set up this thing where everybody can send you $10 when you stroke them with your show and that that's what people are looking for. That's going to fill a, it's going to fill this missing. It's just, it's just being built by people that don't have any real idea of what money is. Right. Or what the world is like, mm -hmm. that's not solving a problem. Mm -mm. Nobody wants it. And, and yet they'll get funding Right there, somebody will be like, "Huh, that's a good idea," and then they're worth a hundred million dollars briefly. Before the you know, and then it's like, "Oh, that the just another one of the fifty startups this morning that went through two rounds of funding and then never never could make a product." My daughter's mother is is uh, has been doing a lot of job interviews lately. And she has these comments like, yeah, I interviewed with them. I, you know, I went through five rounds of interviews and the CEO this and the, you know, founder led that and this, that, and the other, but I really couldn't tell you what they made. So I don't <laughs> think if they offer me a job, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to take a job offer from them because I couldn't really tell you what the product was. I feel like they're looking for a product. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like looking for a product. Wow. The business is there. It's got lots of people working there. They just haven't figured out what they sell or do yet. (laughs) Right. Or what they actually do as a company. So I don't, I really do feel like I am going across a, a line right now. I'm on a ship. You know, in the old days when you would cross the equator and they would, they'd, they'd throw a celebration for you or you'd get a certificate. I still have a certificate I got in the seventies for flying over the Arctic circle. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it was over the North pole. Some, Uh, I was on some airplane and and it was like, you went over the North pole and everybody got a certificate. That's fun though. It was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. We looked out the window and it was like, Oh, the North pole. And it really did feel like, you were at the North Pole. Yeah, like you'd accomplished, you'd done something special. Yeah, it was scary too. Yeah. You're like, if the plane has to land, oh, forget we're at it. the North Pole. No, you can't land on the North Pole. No, you can't land on the North Pole. So I do feel like right now I'm on a ship and I'm crossing some dateline or some some tropic of Capricorn where I'm, I may be on the, I may be on the other side. Yeah. I may be on the other side of it. Yeah. And, um, and I'm just going to sound less and less connected to things and feel less and less connected to things. And I don't know what to, I don't know what to feel about it. Did you read this thing? The other day, there's, I was, oh my God, this is on Twitter. I was on Twitter. Yeah. So this is your Twitter. You're getting back into the world again. I'm lurking on Twitter. I'm following Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And then I, then, you know, you bounce out the bottom of it. You've watched all the videos. You've read all the threads of people arguing with each other from their living rooms in Pennsylvania (laughs) about what Ukraine should do. Yeah. Because they, they know, they're the ones that they do. Yeah. They do. And all the atrocity and all of what America should have done, maybe it did do, maybe it is doing, maybe it's not, maybe a year from now, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I, suddenly I'm on a different thread and it's a, it's a, an Indian guy, uh, Southeast Asian, who is an anthropologist. And he says, basically the meat of the thread is, in the 60s and 70s, anthropologists did all this work where they went out and lived with Aboriginal people for a year and just sat there by the campfire with them, living with them as a, you know, trying to integrate into their culture, but also monitoring them and recording what they did. Mm-hmm. And this is this became <clears throat> very unfashionable this kind of anthropology the whole concept of a of a western person going and living living with an a, a tribe a pre-technological tribe and doing this sort of like i'm just going to write down every time you pick up a coconut um because it's condescending and it's colonialist and etc cetera, etc cetera. but this anthropologist who's who's writing this thread said there's this incredible data compiled by all these these anthropologists that no one has ever really dug into because it was a lot of data to 
interpret at the time, and then it became very unfashionable. And there's a you know there's a cadre of people in the university world that would say, well, we don't go look at Mengele's data either. Although this is completely not equivalent to that. Uh-huh. That's just the level of discourse in today's world. Yes. But so this anthropologist is like, so I'm so I'm digging into the data. It's not a thing that I did. There's so much of this that it's a thing I'm doing. But he said one of the most fascinating kind of data points, and you know, of course I'm paraphrasing this and maybe I I just read this on a Twitter thread. I have no idea whether this person is even a legitimate person. It might have just been a little stock photo that some bot <laughs> right. put on there and then then that auto-generated this thread out of words that are on some algorithm of things that John is interested in. Anthropology? I I thought that was out of fashion. Are there still anthropologists? Wow, I'm intrigued. Anyway, he says Universally, across anthropologists living in in Central Africa, living in Indonesia, in in the in South America, you know, everywhere you could find pre-industrial people, all of the data as you as you sort through it, the thing that united people around the world and that that constituted the majority of the time that they spent that you know like the largest chunk. I should say, not the majority, but the largest chunk of their time was doing nothing. Not, not doing anything, just crouching and looking out, not even whittling or, or put, you know, poking at a fire with a stick, but just sitting and staring into the middle distance. Okay. And it it kind of goes against what you would think a subsistence lifestyle would require. Oh, sure, right? You think you 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 wake up every morning and you're just everything you're doing is struggling to survive all day. But in fact, the work that it took to survive was a manageable amount of work. Yeah, you had to hunt for a while. You had to, you know, fix the ropes. You had to. You know, dig a, a thing over here, repair the roof, and then all of it seemed to be in service of this 40% of your day that you just sort of sat and looked out. I think probably in your mind's eye, right? Just sitting in and thinking, but mm-hmm. not a, not not trying to solve a, a problem, you know, who knows what, who, wh- who knows what any of us do. And, and this, uh, this anthropologist suggested or was in the process of suggesting that we have, of course, eliminated doing nothing almost completely from our lives. Cause we don't ever do nothing. We, we are always doing something reading, surfing, doom scrolling, uh, puttering. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's always a, like, do you, this is a, this is a, a good question for you because you and I are, have different natures in this way. Yeah. Do you ever sit in a chair and just stare 
at the wall. I mean, if I'm if I'm tired, then I'll definitely, which is most of the time, then I'll definitely do this. And I used to have, you know, my my kids were little, especially my son. He said, Dad, you know, let's let's do some, let's play a game. And I said, I'd like to play my most favorite game. And he would say, do you mean sitting in a chair staring at the wall? And I'd say, yes. Uh-huh. And I would say, and the way you win is that whoever can do it the longest wins. And um, he never won. Would he play that game with you, no. though? He would just leave or, or yeah. annoy me until I stopped. Yeah, yeah. But now I can do it. And now I find for me it's more ceiling staring because now I okay. will sort of lay on the sofa staring at the ceiling. Yes. I do that. Yes. And a lot of people say, oh, I'd fall right to sleep if I did that. I don't have that problem. I can't no. fall asleep easily anyway. So it's never, it's not like I'm going to fall asleep, dude. And I can do that anytime. I guarantee it, I'll stay awake. Yes. And, We've talked about this. I've never slept on a in a vehicle, never slept on a plane, never slept in a public space, never fallen asleep in a class. As hard as I've tried, I I can't even barely fall asleep if I'm ex- exhausted in a in a perfect bed and a perfect situation. I'm lucky to do that. I haven't napped since I was about 2. <laughs> and my mom would always say, "Oh, no, you stopped napping when you were 2." Yeah, she said, yeah, I'd come in the room and you'd be standing in your crib looking around. So I was definitely standing looking around back then too. But yeah, there's something nice about that. You don't even have to think. You just, you let go and you're not thinking about anything really. It's a major part of my day (laughs) and and always has been. Yeah. I used to joke that I could, that I would sit and look at a wall and then I would, I would realize that the shadows had completely changed in the room from the as the sun arcs across the sky. Oh, you know, so you, like, yeah. I would sit and just and I wouldn't be conscious of watching the light change as the day progressed, mm-hmm. but I would notice it when I kind of came back, like, oh, whoa, whoa, hey, look at that. Time has really passed. And and the suggestion that I took from this Twitter thread that I read out of one eye. Mm-hmm. while at the same time telling myself this is crack you need to stop being on that this is bad you you already feel when you're not on twitter that you want to be back there even though i've you know i've i've unfollowed and eliminated all the friends so i'm not on there looking at like what i used to which is like what are my friends doing what do they say about will smith's relationship like what are my friends doing it's that's all gone and it's now back to being or or newly a, a just a news place it's like i'm it's like i'm somebody that's been on twitter this whole time except just just getting popular press cuz if you go on to google news yeah which is a thing yeah it's the same as cnn headline news was in 1986 hmm. it's just like here's the story that's at the top of the news and it's the same as it was yesterday. And then down here, there's a bunch of garbage, but it's so slow and it's so dumb. And on Twitter, you can follow these threads like, Oh, well, this is a guy who's been studying the Russian empire for 30 years and has written 17 books. And for some reason is giving away 
all of his knowledge for free Hmm. and with such enthusiasm is, is designing these threads that, that all to all, all told taken together, they constitute like he's writing a thesis every three days and it's just there. It's like we, we, there's a group of us who have collectively decided that, that, that Twitter is still, I mean, I used to feel this way. I put so much creative work into that place. And it was because I was, because I felt like I was sharing it with my fellow man mm-hmm. and that that was noble and it, and it, and it, and it validated the, it validated me, but it also like, I was making an important contribution to the, to the log cabin of human endeavor. And, and that's what you feel about some of these, these Ukraine threads. It's like the, you should be awarded a, a Pulitzer prize for the work you're doing here. And, uh, and I don't know why you're doing it. You know, like you're getting more followers, but, but I remember <laughs> that's why they're doing it. Yeah. I think but you I just re- dissolved re- the mystery. <laughs> I remember what getting more followers felt like. And then, and I, and I can tell you that it is not it is not a thing. You know, it's not it's not the same as getting a good job. But I I I feel like this <clears throat> doing nothing thing. It's always been very hard for me to accept that it was legitimate. I do it. It feels always like a guilty pleasure. Always like a thing that that I feel sort of. Um, I, I, I'm always pushing against the other voice that says, what are you doing right now? You're not doing, you know, like, shouldn't you be doing something? Mm -hmm. This is why we can't have nice things. Mm -hmm. This is why you never went to Yale. Look at you now. You're just sitting and staring. And I've always wanted because I, I have the I have had the simultaneous knowledge that sitting and thinking is important and good. It's where you reset. It's why we're creative. I've always known that because some psychologist, some child psychologist said that to my parents when they were like, he just sits and stares. 1978, some yeah. child psychologist that that looked like Jeff Bridges said, oh, it's important that the child be able to look at the wall. But I've never been able to, you know, I've never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that's, it's interesting that that was, you know, noted and preserved for all time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, because psychology is whatever you want it to be, <laughs> just like punk rock. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I'm crossing this line in the ocean where. If it ever actually becomes okay for me to do nothing, if I if I ever really read a thread like that and and finally feel like oh doing nothing is has been the point the whole time, it's a wonderful way to live out your days. <laughs> you go to some tropical place or subtropical place you sit look out you go to that 
you go to Margaritaville in Florida, you buy a two bedroom, you get a golf cart. I don't, I don't know, but I, but, but I, I definitely feel like whatever the next twist is, I may miss the turn. And I don't know whether that is that I, I miss the turn and I go off the cliff into the Pacific ocean or whether I just miss the turn and I keep driving into the desert and, and popular culture and everybody else and all the excitement goes on some next wild ride, some VR headset driven super future where you can send a person a dollar every time they make you laugh. And I'm just like, I mean, you don't, you don't think that that's the, and I'm just headed out onto the beach on a golf cart like just not even conscious of having missed the turn. And and when I look back at the at the lights of Las Vegas, I just go, meh, meh, until my battery runs out. 